0: Hello everyone, this is Paul Aronowitz, and that is the amazing Lee Konitz, an alto saxophonist who died at the age of 92 from the novel Coronavirus recently, that is Mr. Konitz playing alongside Brad Meldow in the song Round Midnight, so our condolences go out to Lee Konitz, Konitz and his family. Let's dive into some step one and step two prep here. just species periodically throwing some sort of neurocalisthenics-like things, not exactly like neurocalisthenics, and there's nothing like neurocalisthenics to drive you crazy, but today I'm going to do a few cases with you and hopefully cement away a few fun factoids that you need to know for step one and probably for step two, and in fact, if you know these things, you'll be a better doctor because we really do need to know some of this stuff. So I'm going to start out here. A 35-year-old rancher presents with complaints of an ulcerated lesion on the back of his hand that has turned black and necrotic. Although the lesion does not hurt, his hand is swollen, and he has recently developed a fever and headache. Questioning reveals that several of the patient's cattle have died recently from un. Known causes. <laughs> so here, the medical stacks are rancher, sick cattle, and a black lesion on his hand. And there's a picture actually next to this little uh, case stem, and it's a picture of gram-positive rods in these long chains. Okay, so what's your diagnosis? Yes, that's right, cutaneous anthrax caused by bacillus anthracis. The disease is anthrax. It's a gram-positive rod, end-to-end chains that form endospores. So the etiology and epidemiology is that anthrax is transmitted through contact with spores, primarily a disease of animals. Human infections, so-called zoonoses, can occur following contact with infected animals or animal products, including animal hides. Which I spores may remain viable for years in the environment. So, what are the clinical manifestations? There's four forms of anthrax that you sort of need to be aware of. This is, by the way, something they're bound to ask you on these exams for various reasons. Four forms of anthrax are recognized based on the site of inoculation: cutaneous. The most common form causes a localized inflammatory black necrotic lesion, or so-called eschar. Inhalational is highly fatal and characterized by rapid and massive edema in the chest, followed by cardiovascular shock. Think about those postal workers who got inhalational anthrax from bioterrorism attacks back in the early 2000s. The third form is gastrointestinal, resulting from ingestion of spores in rare but less highly fatal fashion. And then there's injectional, which occurs in drug users who inject contaminated heroin. The pathogenesis, I'm not going to go into. You can read more about that if you wish. Sorry for those taking step one. The treatment and prevention, antibiotics such as ciprofloxacin, doxycycline, or cephalosporins have been used for treatment of susceptible vegetative organisms. Suspected exposures to spores are often treated with a long course, i.e. 60 days, of antibiotics such as ciprofloxacin. A variety of antitoxin strategies are currently in development vaccination with the anthrax vaccine absorb or ava vaccine targets the pa toxin subunit and is given in five I- injections over 18 months with yearly boosters that does not sound like fun but in this case remember that Escar, remember the rancher the sick cattle and remember that ciprofloxacin is pretty much the first line therapy that we use for for ciprofloxacin. You'll remember the government stockpiled a ton of ciprofloxacin after those uh, inhalational anthrax uh, attacks back in the early 2000s. That's a good way to remember this case. All right, next case for you. One hour after dining on sweet and sour pork and pork fried rice at a local Chinese restaurant, I think they had to get it to go because of the COVID virus thing, an eighteen year old college freshman exhibits abdominal discomfort and nausea and then begins vomiting. Her roommate suspects it is something she ate and takes her to the campus health center. Actually it was a video visit, but be that as it may, after determining that the symptoms were not alcohol induced, she is treated symptomatically. Remember that, she is treated symptomatically. So what's your diagnosis there in this person who is eating pork fried rice? <laughs> Yes, that's right. Bacillus cereus or B-serious disease. It causes food poisoning, eye infections, and intravenous catheter infections. By the way, I have never seen an eye or intravenous catheter infection from B-serious, but I do believe that I seriously think it can occur. And then it's a gram-positive rod, and it forms endospores, similar to our friend that we just talked about, uh, anthrax so the etiology and epidemiology is its food poisoning is by intoxication spores survive usual cooking temperatures and germinate when food is left at room temperature B serious produces two different toxins heat labile enterotoxin and heat stable emetic get it emesis emetic toxin The heat labile toxin is associated with contaminated meats and vegetables. The heat-stable toxin is associated with fried rice, a.k.a. F-rice. Clinical manifestations. Food poisoning symptoms include watery diarrhea, which can occur 6 to 24 hours after ingestion of contaminated meats, poultries, or vegetables, and vomiting, which may occur one to six hours after ingestion of contaminated fried rice. So that time, course, is often of importance when we're talking to patients about the onset of food poisoning. Opportunistic infections include traumatic eye and intravenous catheter-related infections, again, which I've never seen, but I'm sure they exist, So the pathogenesis is that there's a heat labile toxin which stimulates cellular adenylate cyclase leading to an elevation of cyclic AMP and watery diarrhea as a result. The heat stable toxin stimulates vomiting through an unknown mechanism, as in U-mechanism, unknown. Treatment and prevention. Food poisoning is treated with fluid replacement. Remember that. patient comes in with food poisoning like this from b serious. You give them IV fluids and make them feel better. Self-limited disease. Blood and eye infections, however, often require intravenous vancomycin because of resistance to multiple antibiotics. Food poisoning can be prevented through proper food handling, such as refrigeration and heating foods above 56 degrees centigrade before eating all right well hopefully you did okay on that one you ready for another one here we go number three case for you to consider a three-year-old boy is brought to the hospital with sore throat fever malaise and difficulty breathing physical exam reveals the presence of a gray membrane covering the pharynx let me say that again they have a gray membrane covering the pharynx pharynx that must be a clue questioning of the mother reveals that the boy had not received any vaccinations so what's the diagnosis? That's right. This is diphtheria. Carina bacterium diphtheriae, gram-positive rod, which is pleomorphic. Are you detecting a theme here with these gram-positive rods? Humans are the natural host. Transmission is by respiratory droplets. Clinical manifestations, a prominent feature of nasopharyngeal diphtheria is the presence of a pseudomembrane, that gray membrane that was on the pharynx, comprised of necrotic cells, fibrin, and bacteria. The pseudomembrane serves as a platform for bacterial growth and toxin production. Death can result from mechanical obstruction of the airway or by toxin-induced myocardial and neurologic damage. Pathogenesis. The major virulence factor is an exotoxin called diphtheria toxin. How about that? The diphtheria toxin is an AB toxin that ADP ribosylates translation elongation factor 2EF2 resulting in shutdown of protein synthesis and cell death. I defy you to remember all that. Treatment and prevention. Treatment includes a combination of antitoxin administration and antibiotics such as penicillin or erythromycin i'll say that again penicillin or erythromycin diphtheria is effectively controlled by immunization with an inactivated toxin the so-called diphtheria toxoid all right that was another gram positive rod down let's dive into another case here i've only got five of them for (laughs) you here I seem to like the number five. Speaking of five, a 45-year-old man presents to his oncologist with fever, headache, and stiff neck. He has been undergoing chemotherapy for the last four months for advanced-stage colon cancer. A lumbar puncture reveals numerous neutrophils and gram-positive rods. He is admitted to the hospital and started on IV ampicillin and gentamicin. Good move. All right, what's your diagnosis? Yes, this is listeriosis caused by listeria monocytogenes. I love saying that word, monocytogenes. So it's a gram-positive rod that has tumbling motility and grows at low temperatures. So transmission is from ingestion of contaminated foods and through person-to-person spread Food contamination is accentuated by the organism's ability to grow at refrigerator temperatures. Sources of infection include contaminated meats, cheese, there you go, milk, poultry, and seafood. Person-to-person spread can occur through in-utero infections, colonization of the birth canal, and nosocomial transmission by hospital workers. Wow. Clinical manifestations, there are three categories of listeriosis. Perinatal listeriosis, which can manifest as meningitis, pneumonia, or septicemia with severe cases resulting in stillborn births, spontaneous abortion, or an overwhelming disease called, ready for this, granulomatosis infantiseptica. And then there's asymptomatic infections, which can occur in immunocompetent adults, including pregnant women. Adult bacterial meningitis and other invasive infections that are caused by Listeria monocytogenes are rare in healthy adults, but common in individuals who are immunocompromised from cancer chemotherapy, like this patient, transplants, or HIV infection. The, I will tell you the thing that drives me a little bit. This is just an aside here, uh, stepping out of this case for a moment. This drives me a little bit crazy, but we think about listeria all the time in patients we're worried about having bacterial meningitis. What populations do we think about that is? If they're greater than 50 or 55 years of age or if they're young, So those are the two populations. You have to suspect it, and you have to start, if you can, if they're not penicillin allergic, you start ampicillin to treat them with. I'm not going to get into the pathogenesis today. Uh, The treatment and prevention. Listeria infections can be treated with a variety of antibiotics, including, here you go, ampicillin plus minus aminoglycosides, or in the pen allergic patient, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. Infection control involves elimination of animal reservoirs, care in handling infants, and early diagnosis and treatment of infected pregnant women. So the key things to remember here, gram-positive rod, again, can cause disease in immunocompromised young and the elderly. We generally think of it in patients who come in with suspected bacterial meningitis that are over the age of 50 or 55 and in young kids and babies of course all right final and fifth number five here you go number five 70 year old presents to the emergency department oh it's a 70 year old man sorry presents presents the emergency department with fever headache and confusion his wife reports he had initially developed respiratory symptoms over a week ago with cough and shortness of breath hmm Sounds like this started with the lungs. The patient is immunosuppressed from recent chemotherapy for hematologic cancer. Here we go again. Immunocompromised. Upon examination, the patient is lethargic and febrile with a temperature of 38.6 degrees centigrade. Hmm. The guy's got fever, headache, confusion, documented temperature. He's lethargic. His lung exam is notable for crackles in the left lung base, and neurologic exam reveals that the patient is confused and disoriented to time and place. I'm going to bet he has meningitis, just to be on the safe side. Chest X-ray reveals left lower lobe pneumonia with some nodular lesions. and MRI reveals a brain abscess. Aspiration of the brain abscess is performed. Gram stain of the specimen yields long, filamentous, branching chains of gram-positive rods that have a beaded appearance. And there's a picture of that here if you want to see it. Just ask me next time I run into you. Modified acid-fast staining shows that the organisms are partially acid-fast. So we got a guy who's got nodular lesions in the lung, a brain abscess, he's immunocompromised, he's altered... And his gram stain is showing these long filamentous branching chains of gram positive rods that also are partially acid fast. What's your diagnosis? Put it out there. This is a good one to know, and we definitely see this in regular old internal medicine nocardiosis. So, the organism and physical characteristics are nocardiosis is a gram positive bacterial infection caused by aerobic actinomycetes of the genus nocardia which includes over 80 species (sighs) so there's a whole bunch of species they mentioned here everything from n nocardia abscessus to n nova to n brasiliensis and n pseudo-brasiliensis who knew but I won't get into those too much. Etiology and epidemiology. Nocardia species are found worldwide in soil, decaying vegetable matter, and aquatic environments. Just to digress here a moment, I've seen a couple of patients who had nocardia infections in their fingers from gardening because the nocardia got in from that soil and decaying vegetable matters out in their nice safe gardens and caused disease. And we'll come to the treatment in a moment. The organism can become airborne, especially associated with dust particles, and inhalation is considered to be a common mode of entry. Other modes of transmission can occur through ingestion, or through traumatic cutaneous inoculation. Nocardiosis is considered an opportunistic infection associated with several risk factors such as corticosteroid treatment, immunosuppression, malignancy, organ or hematopoietic stem cell transportation, transplantation, not transportation, HIV, AIDS, and alcoholism. So remember those, those are like the key associated words you're going to see in a test question. For nocardiosis. They're gonna have a brain abscess or they're gonna have lung nodules, uh, but they're usually gonna be patients again on steroids who are immunosuppressed or have a malignancy, organ or hematopoietic stem cell transplant in their past, HIV AIDS, or alcoholism. And I've seen a couple patients with who were alcoholics who had nocardial infection. The clinical manifestations, nocardia species can cause localized or systemic disease, including cutaneous, lymphocutaneous, pulmonary, and CNS infections. The majority of infections, however, involve the lungs since inhalation, remember that, inhalation from that dirty, moldy, gnarly garden junk, is the primary route of bacterial exposure. The organism has a predilection to disseminate to virtually any organ with a particular tropism for the brain. Pathogenesis, nocardia species cause infection by overcoming host defenses, especially when the host has cell-mediated immune deficiency. The organism appears to have multiple mechanisms for resisting phagocytosis. I love that word, and clearance by host neutrophils and macrophages. So laboratory diagnosis is made by isolation identification of the organism from a clinical specimen. A gram stain shows those filamentous gram-positive branching rods. Mm -hmm. And on modified acid-fast staining, they can also be variably or partially acid-fast due to cell wall mycolic acid content. That I don't think they're going to ask you on an exam, what causes their variably or partially acid-fast staining. Antimicrobial susceptibility testing of the clinical isolate should be performed since there is a high degree of variability among nocardia species. PCR can be used for rapid identification of the nocardia species. All right. Lastly comes treatment and prevention. Treatment usually involves our old friend trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. That's what these two patients I saw who had it on their fingers were taking. As a first-line agent, combination antimicrobial therapy is recommended for severe infection may include trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole in combination with a beta-lactam antibiotic such as third-generation cephalosporin, e.g. ceftriaxone, or a carbapenem, e.g. meropenem. Choice of an appropriate and effective antibiotic regimen is essential since the majority of patients with the cardiosis are immunocompromised. Infections often involve life-threatening CNS disease, and mortality is high in untreated or inadequately treated infections. There is no vaccine for nocardia species. And with that, we're done for now. I will be back soon, hopefully, with some more of these cases for you to ponder. And I'm going to leave you today with a tribute to Ann Sullivan, who applied her refined brush and palette, as the New York Times recently wrote in her obituary, as an animator to later-day Disney classics like The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, and Lilo and Stitch. She died on April 13th at the Motion Picture and Television Fund retirement home in Woodland Hills, California, she was 91 years old and died from the novel Coronavirus. She was the third of four residents of the Motion Picture and Television Fund retirement home to die from the COVID virus. And this is in memory of Ann Sullivan, an animator for Disney movies. Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea
1: is better than anything they got up there. up on the shore they work all day out in the sun they slave away While well, we are boating full time to floating under sea. <laughs> Down Down you old, the sea Now you or the fish is happy <laughs> As after the waves they roll <laughs> The fish on the land ain't happy They start to stay in the bowl But fish in the bowl is lucky They in for a worse fate One day when the boss get hungry Yes, you go beyond the page. Oh, oh, under the sea. Under the sea. Nobody beat us, fry us, and eat us in fricassee. We watch the land, folks, loves to cook. Under the sea, we have to hook up. We got no troubles. Life is the bubbles under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Since life is sweet here, we got deep be here naturally. Even the sturgeon and the ray They did the, the earth and start to play We got the spirit, you got to hear it Under the sea The newt play, the flute, the cop play, the hop The plays play, the bass and they sound The chop, the bass play, the brass The chub play, the top, The flute is the duke of soul yeah. The way he can play, the rings of the strings The chop packing on the blackfish He sings his belt and his frat They know where it's at They know that blowfish blow
0: Just to give proper attribution for the material contained in this podcast today, I retrieved it from Microbiology and Infectious Diseases flashcards, the third edition, which is produced by McGraw-Hill Education, the Lang series, and I have no financial interest in the production, nor have I been involved in producing these cards in the past or present. Future sessions may also include the pharmacology flashcards from Lang, the fourth edition. Thank you, and have a good day.